What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, July 3rd, 2014. You guys listening to episode 166, and um, I got a, oh man, I mean, I, this is the Vegas episode, everybody. So uh, we were just all in Vegas together. Me, Jason Lawhead, Joe Bartnick, uh, met up with Bill Burr, and um, all of us were out in Vegas, so um, that's pretty much going to be the episode, and I assure you... uh you know you're you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. We had some some just great times, great laughs, did a bunch of fun stuff, and um, got in on um, got in really really late on Tuesday night. Was gonna get the podcast done then, but uh, I literally my body just shut down, and um, it was one of those things. It was funny last night. I put my head down to sleep, just from like I just wanted to take a nap from like six o'clock to eight and do stuff, and, uh, that my body was like, you're done, dude, I was like, I slept for like 14, 15 hours, uh, just an epic nap, just an, a nap that you read about, like, it, it was one of those things where, you know, you lock yourself in a room, and just for one day, you're just out, and it was great, because, like, the house was really air-conditioned, and, uh, better air-conditioned than the fucking hotel room I stayed in, I could tell you that much, but the, um, the, <laughs> the house was freezing cold and it was one of those things where you know when you just make a bed like it's just like fresh sheets and you just make a bed so they're all like nice and tight and the new pillowcases and all that shit and then it's like freezing in the room so the sheets and the pillow are cold and my body just hit that and it was like yeah um that's it um uh, my body is done but I'm here now. We got to talk about this. Uh, got a lot of stuff. Got a lot of um, unacceptables. We're going to be doing uh, my unacceptable was a no brainer this week. So I'll get into that. I mean, my unacceptable, I could have had like 16 unacceptables with some of the shit you see and just some of the fucking animals that are walking around Vegas. Um, but let's get into the show. Um, First of all, we get to Las Vegas, and Vegas is 111 degrees. Now, I do have to say this. There was no rain or anything like that. It was 111 degrees every day, like highs of 111, lows of like 99 to 100. I'm not even kidding. Now, it wasn't that humid, but I mean, you walked outside, and you felt like you were in a sauna. It was nuts. And I think that's why some of the hotels had problems with their air conditioning because the um, the thermostat in the room would say that the air conditioning, you had it set to 65 or 66, but the room temperature was like 75 or 76 because I just don't think these hotels, I just think the sun was beating down so strong for so long that it was just ridiculous. Uh, either that or the hotel sucked. But um, we got in on Saturday. I got in on, yeah, we got in on late Saturday night. Burr had already been in town because he was doing the Mirage Friday and Saturday with uh, Kevin Shea. Comedian Kevin Shea was with him. And um, we went to our hotel. Uh, thanks to Joe Bartnick and Jason Lawhead, they uh, picked me up from the airport because we all kind of got in around the same time, maybe give or, you know, within an hour of each other. They picked me up. And they uh, bring me back to the hotel, and we check in, drop our stuff off, and Burr had been done with the show, and he's just, you know, he texted over, and he was like, hey, man, were you, you guys here? Like, you want to meet up? So we go, we meet up with Bill, and we're just like, 
looking at each other like, dude, we're all here right now. Like, this is insane. We're all here. And uh, it was funny because we met up with <laughs> Bill and we get to his room and he's just got a stack of cigars. <laughs> he just had this stack of cigars, like a variety of them. And I was just like, oh my God, this is going to be epic. Like, this is everything, you know, already. I was just like, I'm in Vegas. My boys are here in Vegas. We're going to have such a good time, and there's a pile of cigars right when you get off the plane. It was amazing. So that night, we just we hung out. We did a little gambling, played a little dice, you know, just, just had a great, like, first night. And um, I remember walking out of one hotel to go to mine, and the sun was out. And I realized we actually had a night of hanging out without realizing that we landed at, like, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. So to us, it was like, yeah, we're here. Let's hang for six to seven hours. Meanwhile, we should have probably hung for like three to four and then went to bed. But of course, we're not going to do that. It's Vegas. So we go into bed probably 7, 8 o'clock. I'm not even kidding. Like we got back to our first night and then the next day is the show. So slept in till like 12, 31. And then me and Joe Bartnick, I needed something. I needed to get a bathing suit. Because I was running late in New York and I couldn't pack my bathing suit and I couldn't stop at a store. So I needed to get a bathing suit and Bartnick needed to go get a handkerchief. He needed to get a red, a certain red handkerchief. So we're like, oh yeah, on the strip on the way back, you know, from the um, airport to our hotel, we saw that there was like a new place that sells stuff like that. And there's a bunch of stuff over there. We could find it. We don't realize that it was like two miles from where we were and we're just walking in 111 degree weather. And we're just like sweating and it was so bad. And like halfway there, we're like, dude, dude, we'll get a cab on the way back. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So we try to get a cab on the way back after walking. I'm not even kidding. Close to a mile and a half in 111 degrees. We had to like dip into some casinos to get air conditioning and then come out. And in Vegas, when you walk, you have to like go upstairs, down escalators, or you could just like end up off the strip. It's weird. So we're doing all this shit, and we try to get a cab on the way back, and we're sweating, and we can't get a cab. So we just say, you know, the hell with it. We got to walk back. So we're walking back, and I was just like, dude, we got to get a water. I got these like Fiji waters, and we drank them like fucking Clark Griswold in the first vacation when he was walking in the desert with his jeans on his head. Like that's how... Remember, he, they were like, oh, you want a drink? You thirsty? And he's like, you said it. And they got water. Like, that's how we, it was, it was so ridiculous how hot and crazy it was when we got there. And then we, um, we get back, put the stuff on and, um, there was a cabana. Bill had like this cabana, like this private, it was sick. And, um, yeah, like fruit and shit. Like it was just like this nice, and then like all this like this cold steam coming out. And then we just went in the pool and we hung out there all day until we got um, back to our um, rooms to relax, get dressed, and go to the show. So that's where I, uh, you know, really wanted to just talk about the show and then go on other things that we did in Vegas and stuff. So let me just say, first of all, I want to thank everybody who came out, um, and I know that getting tickets was not easy with the link, and it was um, a last-minute add-on for the all-in tour, which has been such a blast to be doing this with my friends, and, you know, we always talk about how it's never going to get easier than this, you know, it's never going to be more fun and just 
a blast than to be doing shows with your best friends. It's like, you know, it's just like, yeah, let's just go and have fun tonight. And But in the meantime, we'll just hang out by a pool and joke and laugh and argue sports and do all the shit that we do. And then we're doing this shit tonight. And it's just like, it, it couldn't be, it couldn't be even better. Uh, it couldn't be better than anything, you know. And we all get dressed and we meet up at our rooms and we walk out. And, um, you know, we get to the place and there's, you know, it was just so cool. Like you could tell like the people that showed up to that show were real fans, just real fans of us, of our podcasts. Again, I cannot tell you how taken back I am that how many people came up to the, um, how, how many people came up to our, you know, merchandise table. We were selling the all in posters after the show and these people were, I listen to the Verzi Effect every episode, man. Oh my God, I love this. Uh, the Unacceptables are hilarious. And like, and I'm just like, really? You know, like I can't believe the, the amount of loyal listeners and the people are actually coming to shows. Because you hear that that can happen in your career and you're just like, yeah, we'll see. But now to see that people are showing up, you know, because of my stand-up and my podcast together and they really listen is great. So thank you all from the bottom of my heart for being there. Um even got to hang out with some Verzi Effect listeners and, you know, take pictures with them. And it was just awesome. And um, the show was, I, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like an arrogant dick. The show was ridiculous. I just thought from top to bottom, you know, um, it was just great. You know, Lawhead came out, opened the thing up, hosted and crushed. And then he brought me out. And then Bartnick went up and we just all had a great time. And then... Um, the special get the special guest, as you uh, could imagine, happened to be Bill Burr. Uh, Bill was in town, and um, Bill came on at the end and was thanking people for supporting the tour with us, and that he put us on the tour. And you know, it was just, and then he, you know, he did. Uh, I mean, he did like probably like 15, 20 minutes, and just crushed and had a blast, and the crowd loved it. So it was just such an amazing. Um, it was. It was. It was an amazing night to be with uh, three of my best friends to perform and, you know, rock Vegas the way that we did. And again, I know some people might have missed out because of the tickets. If you did, let us know. We apologize and we try to obviously make it work wherever you're at or whatever. Yeah. It was the only thing that that sucked about this was there was confusion with the link. Like I said before, I don't know. They they just showed two shows, 8.30 and 10, but like it didn't say the all-in tour. I don't know if it's because it was last minute. I don't know if that's how it worked. I, I have no idea why, but the people that did show up and, and get their tickets and stuff, thank you. If, if you got confused and you got screwed because of it, we really uh, you know we really are sorry about that. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, that's unacceptable, you know, um, but... It is what it is, and we're definitely going to be adding some more shows uh, in the plugs at the end of this show. I'll tell you guys where we're going to be next, but we are looking to add um, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Detroit, and um, so we're, we're going to put that together, and if those dates, if and when they get added, you will know either via Twitter, Facebook, my podcast, or all of our podcasts will, will be there and to, to let you guys know about that. Okay, so that's, um, you know, that's how that works. And again, if people were like, oh man, we didn't know like what show and this and that. And, and it was, it was ridiculous. And listen, I don't want to be unappreciative to the people that put this together. I really don't. 
but I can't just sit here and talk about all positive things when some shit happened that could have made it better. Now, listen, there was a great amount of people at the show. We had a great time. That that was fine, and everybody enjoyed themselves, but I do think with how it was promoted last minute with people having difficulty getting the link, I think that that screwed some people up, and... Uh, you know, it's not on us. I just want everybody who did have a problem with it to know that, that it wasn't. And, uh, we really do apologize and hope to see you guys again. It's, it's just fucking last minute shit. There's always something that can happen. And in this situation it did, but the people that were there, you know, had a blast and it was so cool because they were like, when they say a comedian on stage can see like six faces or like they have six points of reference you know, their eyes just pick that up. And it was cool because I would watch people and there'd be people in the front or there'd be people in the back. There would just be certain people that were really like so into the show and so excited and you could tell from the stage. And then sure enough, those are the people that just like listen to the podcast and love stand up and bought their tickets early. And that is just what it's all about. So, um, yeah, that was, and then we were smoking cigars afterwards and everything. I want to say this, though. Before this trip, okay, I um, I just, for some reason, I just didn't want to leave my kids before this trip. I just was like, you know, um, I was psyched to go to Vegas. I was psyched to be out there doing all the stuff that we're doing. But I was just having such a good time at home with my kids. And it was only a couple of days, but I don't know. I was just kind of just in this weird weird thing of like, you know, got to travel again and really doesn't happen to me, you know, to be honest, to me, to be honest, I'm ready to just go and do what I do. But I was just like, man, you know, a few days away and I've been having such a good time. And then something amazing happened. And I, I wanted to talk about this because, um, you know, the children and the family is, is everything to me as you guys know, and listen to me, hear that me talk about that. And I'm sitting there and I remember hugging my son my son hugged me my five-year-old and he just put his arms around me and he just hugged me and it was like a real hug it wasn't those like oh bye dad or or whatever kind of just gave me this like insane long like heartfelt hug and then my daughter came over and did and I just held on to my kids and it was just like I realized at that moment that you know and I know this may sound corny or cliche to some of you people whatever I don't give a fuck, but I just knew in that moment, I was like, no matter what happens, you know, like this feeling right here, this right now is all I need. It's all I need. It's all I'll ever need. It's what life's about. And all this other stuff is great. And I love it, you know, and I'm so fortunate to have the career I have to be doing what I love to do to give my gift of humor and laughter and my talent to people is amazing and I hope it continues to grow and I'm going to do everything in my power to make it grow but at the end of the fucking day man when this when the smoke clears you know and the cards are on the table it's it's about your your kids and your family and you know the people you love the most and it was just so sick and it was like and I needed that the weird thing was my kid I don't know if my kids knew it I don't know if it just happened coincidentally but I just needed that and then once I got that hug I just got on that plane and I was like I'm gonna go out to Vegas and fucking destroy I'm gonna go out there and destroy and I'm not trying to be a dick we fucking all killed that shit you know, we really did. 
And it was so cool to have people come up and go, man, that stuff, you know, I got a kid or that stuff you talk about your kids, man. That's why I listen because, you know, you're, I love your stuff, but like you talk about real important shit too and, and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, now I have to talk about this before I get into the unacceptables. Okay. Cause the unacceptables, I'm about to do the unacceptables now and go into some people's here. But first of all, I got to talk about my flight there. Some people say, Paul, can you please talk about your flights? I love when you talk about your flights because you always just break it down and make it hilarious. And, you know, people are afraid to fly. I'm not a huge flyer. So here's what happens. First of all, I fly to U.S. Airways, okay? And I never fly U.S. Airways because they're U.S. Airways, okay? They fucking stink. And I get on this plane and it's not bad out. It's nice out. And I don't know what it is about certain fucking planes, certain pilots, but every time I'm on U.S. Airways, I hear the plane like, like you almost fucking hear the, like the, the plastic bending and the metal, like you just hear shit on U.S. Airways. Every time I'm, I, I've used them, it's just never been, and like they, they, there's way more turbulence with their planes. I don't know. If it's the fucking pilot, I don't know if it's just the weather and the luck and the coincidence, but like when I fly Virgin America or JetBlue or one of these airlines, I feel like the takeoffs, you don't even feel it. The thing just goes fast for a second, next thing you know, you're in the air. The takeoffs weren't horrible on on these U.S. Airways flights, but just like fucking moving more. And then even when you get up there, like it was the only time you're, you know when you get up past 10,000 feet and you're just coasting and it's fucking nice out. You look out the window, it's fine. It's fine. It's clear. There's barely any clouds. And this thing is just shaking. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like there's no, level this bitch out. Now, I don't know how to fly. I don't know anything about aviation. I'm a comedian. I don't know how to do any of that shit. But I do know that they can, I've flown enough to know that the pilot can find a smoother path, can can either climb, could go down. And like these people are just like, for the seatbelt light shouldn't be on that long when you're when when it's clear outside. I know that much. You know what I mean? And I just felt like this plane was shaking way more than it needed. It, you you heard way more things. You felt every little thing. I, I think it was an Airbus, a uh, Airbus uh, three twenty or whatever, but. You know, we're so we're we're up there and we're climbing and we finally level off and things are cool. And then, you know, all of a sudden eh, there's gonna be some turbulence, put your belt on. This thing is just shaking. I'm looking around like this is like a movie this is like movie turbulence. What the fuck? We're not even in a storm. And then he gets on and goes, Alright, we're about to hit a storm. And this fucked me up because like we just started flying into like I looked out the window, we started flying into like those those clouds that just looked sick. And like, you know, when you go in and out of them, like they're, they're almost like gigantic mountain clouds. And like you, you fly through one and then it's sunny, but then you see that there's more in the, and then like, you know, I started to see water on the, um, you see water on the wind, you know, the windows and you're like, fuck, it's raining out there. And then the plane started shaking and I'm like, fuck man, you know, I swear to God, I don't know what it is, but every time I fly U.S. Airways, it's like I don't feel 100% safe during the coast. You're supposed to feel fine during the coasting depart when you're up there and you're just cruising. And in this thing, you're just like, shit, dude. Like, and then I'm like looking at the wing, seeing if the wing is fucking moving too fast or too hard. I don't know. I'm obviously going to say that this is part of my fear. I get it. And I know planes are safe. But I just felt like 
you know, and, and these planes never land. Like, you know, when it's time to land and they're coming in and they do the final approach, how many times do they turn? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, and then you see, you feel the plane and the wing go up and it turns to the left. And I'm like, okay, we must be turning left to get into pattern and land. And then like 10 minutes later, you see the same thing on the right. And it's like, what the fuck are they doing? Can we get this bitch down? Can we touch down, please? It's just, it's one of those things where I, but I will say this. I do have to, I do have to say one thing was awesome on the flight, on the second flight, I had layovers. I had layovers because it was all last minute. We got a bunch of stuff last minute. But on the flight to Vegas, I had, um, from Charlotte to Vegas, I had the row to myself. And the plane was entirely full except row 28. So this chick across from me had three seats to herself and I had three seats to myself. So I was able to like lay there and, you know, that that was one cool thing. You know, not be bothered and stuff. That was cool. But other than that, man, just not the not the you know, smoothest of flights, it, it wasn't great, okay, now, it's time for my unacceptable, because it goes with what I'm talking about right now, and then I'll get into yours, and we'll get into a bunch of other stuff, you know, got more stuff about Vegas too, because there's a couple things that happened in Vegas that I just, I said, I said while it was happening, oh, this is, I got to talk about this in the podcast, okay, so here's my unacceptable for the week, and then I will get into your guys. All right, unacceptable for the week. U.S. Airways non-entertainment. Now, I don't know if any of you have flown U.S. Airways, and they just collaborated with, United, I mean, American. When you fly U.S. Airways, regardless of how long the flight is, okay, they have limited food, which means if you're in the back of the plane, you're fucked, okay? You got to sit there and chew on some fucking chips or whatever bullshit they have for six fucking hours because if the plane is full and you're in the back, they run out of meals. All right? That's number one. Non-entertainment. There is no TV. There is no TV that comes down for everybody with headphones. There is no individual TVs. There is nothing. It is like you are fucking punished and, and you, you just have to stay in your room and you're not allowed to get out of your room. That's what it felt like. It's fucking unacceptable. It is 2014 and I'm flying to Las Vegas. Even with a connection, I have four plus hours on this fucking thing, okay, that's going to shake the whole way. The least you could do is put a goddamn show on or a movie on that takes me away from the fact that I'm shaking in this tin fucking tube. Okay, when it's not even raining out or whatever for a while, it's still shaking. And I can't watch anything. I even tweeted and put a picture of my back seat, which was just nothing. It was just a, a, a tray that comes down you eat on and this stupid blue leather thing in front of me. Nothing. You have to just sit there. Okay, and I know people saying, well, you know, get a tablet or, or get the, those batteries run out. Okay, you can't charge anything on the thing. You can't. You got to pay pay for Wi-Fi, which is fine. You pay for Wi-Fi, you can watch a movie on your laptop. But what happens if the movie's two hours and you only have a certain amount of juice? Then you got to run to the next airport. You got to jet, you know, it's it's tough. Then you got to unpack shit. Then you got to p- plug it in. You got to eat. There's a line. It's just a mess. An airplane should have shit to watch. I'm sitting there. I felt like I was in detention. I'm like, this is four. Like, what am I going to do? I'm like reading books. I'm trying to read books and shit. I don't want to read on the way to Vegas. I want to watch a fucking hilarious movie or something. I don't want to sit there and just stare at the back of a seat. 
It's 2014. You know what I mean? That's why Virgin America is the shit. Virgin America's got like, you could watch like six to eight brand new release movies on there. You just order like you're ordering a waitress. You just hit shit and like, yeah, I want the chicken sandwich and I want uh, ginger ale and I want a bag of chips and somebody just comes over with it and you just get charged. It's like the way that it should be. You know, U.S. Airways, it's like, yeah, hop on. Yeah, hop on. We're all going to, it's, 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 it was ridiculous. Yeah, hop on for the next five hours. I don't hope you got, hope you're fucking fully jacked up with everything because we don't got shit for you. You know, we'll throw you a bag of chips and a fucking fresca or whatever it is. It's like, I don't want that. I want to watch something to be distracted. I got to start packing DVDs because I'm flying this shitty airline. I mean, I'm going away for two days. Just put something on it. It's so ridiculous. It's unacceptable to be sitting on an airplane and have nothing to do for four hours. Okay, people, first of all, people are uncomfortable flying. People want their mind off of it. Sometimes TV relaxes you, could make you, you know, could just make you feel, you know, just put you in a better mood and shit. And instead, you just got to sit there with your thoughts while you go to Vegas or all these places. It's, it, it's completely unacceptable. And I hope since they merge with American, American says, look, we got to get some TVs on these jets or do something because, you know, I mean, we have the same entertainment as troops going to fucking war. We have the same shit as those guys got. Okay. I don't want to feel like that. I want to feel like, holy shit, man, this is great. I'm watching, I'm watching, you know, I get to watch ESPN Sports Center on the way. I could, I could look at things and say, oh man, I'm going to go watch, you know, sports and bet on sports in Vegas. Let me see what's going on with ESPN and find out injury stuff. That's the shit I want to do. Oh, it is a hilarious movie about, you know what I mean? Like shit like that. Instead, I'm sitting there with my dick in my hand just with nothing at all. There's no entertainment in 2014 on, a, on, an, on an American airline? Unacceptable. It's, it's absolutely unacceptable. I felt like I was being punished. And had I known that, I would have spent an extra two or $300 to get on an airline without any fucking connections just to get there. You know, it's like, when are these people going to catch up? All the airlines that are doing better, Virgin, JetBlue, and then they're do- it's because their people are excited that they can go on there and they don't need to, you know, bring backpacks filled with movies and, and, and battery packs with them because this shit's already done. I'm giving you people money. Unacceptable. That's my unacceptable for the week. U.S. Airways having zero in-flight entertainment and a limited f- and limited food. I actually said, listen to, listen to how ridiculous this is. I actually said to the flight attendants, is there food on this flight? And they go, where are you sitting? And I was like, oh, I think I'm in like 20 something. And they go, no, no, get something here at the airport. Get something here. We'll probably not have anything by the time we get to you. Or what kind of shit? What kind of low budget fucking shit is this? It's like being at a white trash barbecue and they didn't bring enough hot dogs and shit. Are you kidding me? Wait a minute, you're an airline that can fly 150 people to Vegas, but once you get to like 90 people, you run out of shit? So now I'm hungry and bored out of my mind and I can't look at anything? What's next? Not to mention, unattractive fucking old flight attendants. Old, these fucking flight attendants were on there with fucking Sinatra was on. You know, if Sinatra didn't have a private jet, these fucking chicks were on there. What are we doing here? I swear, U.S. Airways is like the Tropicana of airlines. 
It's like, you know, I want to be on the Bellagio of airlines. I want to be on the Venetian, uh, you know, something nice, something like that. The Aria. I don't want to be on the golden nugget of fucking airlines. It's ridiculous. Step your game up, U.S. Airways. If you work for them, if you're listening to this, if you know anybody that works for them, step your game up. It's a problem. I got to starve because I have a certain seat. I'll tell you what I do next time I fly U.S. Airways, just right in front of everybody with a big smile on my face. I'm just going to walk in with a clear bag. I'm going to have like a chicken parm sub in my in my hands that people could see. I'm going to have like a handful of DVDs, batteries, and I'm just going to be like, yeah, you got to do it yourself here. You got to do it yourself here. That's it. Old ass. I mean, don't get me wrong. The people were nice. The people were nice. I got to say that. The flight attendants were very nice, and I don't want to be rude or disrespectful. But, I mean... Come on, it's time to, you know, what's the retirement age here? Can we, can we get some, you know, it, it was like playing cards at Harris. You get, you see like a skeleton walking around selling like that box of, you know, cigars and cigarettes. Let's, can we fucking young it? Let's, let, let's young it up a little bit. Disgusted with U.S. Airways. Um, I am appreciative that they got me to and from my destination safely. That's the main point and concern. But, uh, yeah, not, I've never had four hours feel like nine before in my fucking life. You get a movie on there, you watch two movies, you enjoy two movies, and you're landing. Not staring at the back of a plastic fucking thing. Alright, that's my unacceptable for the week. Now, into your unacceptables for the week. Here we go. And uh, thank you guys, I got some good ones this week, but uh, these were ones that I wanted to read off. And uh, so here we go. Unacceptable from the fans. Jana Fitzpatrick at Twitter feed J-A-N-A underscore Fitz says she's at a friend's lake house and an old man she barely knows gives her young, her 14-year-old vodka, a sip of vodka with an Arnold Palmer or whatever. Now, here. And normally you'd be like, oh, that's cool, though. You know, he's just letting the kid, you know, sip something. First of all, I don't know you, okay? I, I totally agree with you, Jenna. And I'm, I, I actually, the first thing I thought of when you said this was I had a neighbor who when my son was a baby boy, like two years old, baby, or like two and a half, tried to like put like wine on his gums. No, no, it'll, it'll make him sleep or put wine. It's like, dude, first of all, I don't fucking know you that well. Second of all, don't put fucking alcohol near my son, all right? What if my son has an allergic reaction? It's because my fucking stupid asshole neighbor wanted to put his dirty finger in my son's mouth. It's like, don't do not do that shit, okay? It's unacceptable, all right? And I get this. You don't know this old guy, so you really don't know what he's giving your kid. And even if it is just a vodka, let's just say and hope it is a vodka, you don't know if your son could have an allergic reaction to alcohol, which happens sometimes. You don't know if your son has alcohol, I mean, if there's alcoholics in the family, or maybe you do know, and that's why it's unacceptable. But now you're giving a 14-year-old the taste of something, which means he's going to go to another party and do it, and you're going to have some. You could have a lunatic kid drinking like an animal because of this guy. And I know people are going, "Oh, come on, Paul, it's just a sip," and the kid's 14. Exactly, the kid is seven years younger than when he should be doing it. You don't know what effect it'll have on him. Okay, first of all, it starts with a sip. Next thing you know, he's you know, 
sneaking in more sips and he's screaming with his dick out in the middle of the street because of some fucking old asshole that nobody knows. It's unacceptable. When it comes to your children and you don't know me, I'm the parent. You talk to me and you ask. You don't let me see a stranger giving my kids alcohol. I love it, Janet. 100% right. That is unacceptable. And that old man should be smacked in the face. All right, here's another one. This is a more like a kids-themed one. Again, this one will get you going too. Uh, Richard Mondesher, sorry if I'm not saying that right, uh, Twitter feed is at NDFSU, smoking near a newborn baby, newborn child, that is, I don't even have to say that that's unacceptable, I mean, if you think that that is acceptable on any level, you're part of the problem, and somebody should throw you in front of a bus, Um, If I'm sitting there with my newborn and somebody is smoking, that's clearly somebody that doesn't get it. I would obviously either walk away or try to say something if I was in a position where I couldn't walk away. And if that person disagreed or did anything like that, um, you know, said something stupid or thought like, hey, you know, that's your kid. That's not my problem. I'm smoking like that person should be smacked in the face and beaten because that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. I mean, have some fucking tact. Speaking of that, and that's a great unacceptable, Richard. I don't even need to go into why that's, but that is completely unacceptable. And uh, I hope you said something or walked away or I hope whoever's kid it was, you know, whoever said something too because that's just, uh, if if people are doing that and they don't get it in, in this day and age, then they're never going to get it. So, But speaking of people with no tact, I mean, as much as I love Vegas, I realize you have to do Vegas right. You have to do Vegas where there's money. You have to do expensive Vegas. Vegas is an amazing place if you do it expensively. But if you do it cheap and you go with it, I mean, you see some of the fucking lowest people, man. I mean, I saw a lady. She was like dressed up like a nun and she was probably in her like late 50s, but she like was trying to be a whore. So, like, she had, like, a slutty nun outfit on and this awful tan and her skin was just sagging and she's walking around with this nun hat on in, like, 111-degree weather. It was just the most... It was one of the saddest sights I've ever seen. And these, like, just people walking down the street holding, like, Budweiser's in 111-degree weather and they're dressed like they should be at a barbecue. You know... Oh, my God. Speaking of that, that's another thing. I'm sorry. I got to go back to U.S. Airways. Because I forgot to mention this. The pilot on U.S. Airways literally came on. And he was like, All right, folks. uh, We're going to be taking off here in about, I'd say, the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes or so. So if everybody could get in their seats, put their seatbelt on, we'll be able to get out of here in a second. And then, like, then he did the thing where he said, uh, uh, Flight attendants, prepare for takeoff. And I'm just going, who the, this guy sounded like he should be wearing orange flip-flops, spinning hot dogs at some shitty pool, going, all right, Timmy, you want another one, or uh, where's your mama at? Like, this guy sounded like he shouldn't have been near a fucking airplane jet. Don't get me wrong. You see, he was a great, he did a great job. I mean, this this guy was one of the guys, because I was on four flights to do this. And this guy was as far as like, but holy shit. I mean, this guy sounded like he should be fucking being dunked at a circus. I mean, it was crazy. 
This guy's going, yeah, man. Uh. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say man, but like that's the case. Like that's what I thought should come out next. You know, going to be flying around uh, 32,000 feet. And uh, just like, oh my God. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you, you going back to the Vegas thing, you got to do it right. You know, if you go into these like shitty casinos or these old casinos with these ancient uh, servers and shit, it's uh, kind of like, you know, put it this way. When you walk outside and it's 111 degrees, you want to, you, you want to be. You know, that's why the pool area we had and all that shit, that was amazing. Private pool. So, like, if you do it right and if you if you can, I guess, spend a little bit of money, you get a private pool at the hotel. So, like, the hotel's got, like, the regular public pool for the animals where you can't even walk, you know, two feet in the water without bumping into some fat slob holding a daiquiri. But if you go into the regular one, it's just like, oh, man, it's just like you actually swim laps and hang out. And it's just like way more private and peaceful. So, um, but all right, so let's get back. We got another unacceptable here. Uh, this is, oh, man, yeah, this is Kenny. Kenny was a, um, I think it's a Kenny Lofgren. I hope I'm saying that right, Kenny. But Kenny was a Verzi Effect listener who actually was... Um, at the show, and I swear to God, this kid, we were talking, we were talking to him about it, and he goes, yeah, it's been like that my whole life, I'm not shitting you, this kid, this guy, Kenny, looked like he was 17 years old, he's 30 years old, uh, but in a way that, like, looked great, like, looked great, but, you know, 30-year-old dude who just, you know, and, um, he's sitting at the show, and he comes up, he's like, dude, I listen to, um, I listen to the Verzi effect all the time. It, you know, it helps me get through my week. He also has a, a young son and um, was so happy to, to be there and everything. And then later we were all walking the strip and we ran into him. And um, I didn't even realize, but Kenny had an unacceptable on there before the Vegas trip, which I'm going to read now. And, um, you know, but it was so cool. So, Kenny, if you're listening to this, man, it was a pleasure meeting you. Uh, Smoked a cigar with him, had a drink with him, and uh, it was it was great. And he's uh, you know a single dad doing the right thing with his son, and uh, he made it his business. He's out from Seattle. We tried to come and see us in Seattle, he couldn't, and he was in Vegas, and he came out to that. So uh, shout out to you, Kenny, and um, his Twitter feed is at Budflyer three B U D F L Y E R three, and uh, Kenny's unacceptable for the week was <laughs> this is ridiculous at Disneyland. Guy picked his nose slyly, ate it, and then kissed his girlfriend right after. Oh, my God, that's ridiculous. And Kenny told me this story. He goes, it was so bad, I literally almost just wanted to tap the guy. He said, I almost tapped the guy and said, are you kidding me? Did you really just do that? That is seriously disgusting and like, oh, my God, it's unacceptable. And to do it in public at Disneyland? Like, to be picking your nose in public at Disneyland where people see and then actually see you eat it, and then you're just online, you know, reminds me of that pilot voice that I just did. Like, picks his nose, eats it, and he's just, like, holding his girl's hand to go on a fresh. Like, come here, baby, let me give you a kiss. Ugh, fucking gross. That is unacceptable. What is wrong with people? That's why, and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn with my podcast, because, I mean, let's be honest, the podcast is fucking epic. But to, you know, you need unacceptables. Like, to hear stuff like this and to know shit like this goes out, at least addressing it is somewhat therapeutic. Uh, 
because I would have I would have texted me or tweeted me if I listened to my show and I saw that I'd be like I got to do that. And I'm getting like pictures and stuff from people and and unacceptables from people were like showing me pictures and stuff. So I'm loving the fact that people are doing that. So keep the pictures coming and all that stuff. But thank you, Kenny. That is unacceptable and disgusting all at the same time. And thanks for coming out to the show. Um, that was awesome. So, uh, oh, I have, and I, you know, there's a couple other ones that I wanted to mention here. Here's, here's an unacceptable that I got on my uh, Facebook you know, I'm going to read as many as I can. Usually I do three from Twitter, but if there's other other ones or, or fun stuff that I have on my um, on my phone or whatever, I'll read those unacceptables to you too because I want people to know that, um, you know, that they could, they could, you know, get theirs on if they do it too. So um, one of the unacceptables that I got from Facebook was from, who is it here? Angela Torito. And I'll just read her paragraph to you. This is this is just funny because I love how like the unacceptable is making people get like uh, frustrated with things and then using this as an outlet. So here we go. Unacceptable from Angela Torito on Facebook. I was walking into the office from the parking ramp. There was a girl in front of me that just let the door slam right into me as I'm carrying a boatload of stuff. Then this is the part that I love that that's not the unacceptable. <laughs> she goes, uh, that is not what pissed me off. Her outfit is what pissed me off. <laughs> uh, I love that you're venting through this uh, outlet, Angela. She was wearing a tight wrinkled pencil skirt with the oversized t-shirt shoved in it, granny panties and sneakers. I felt like she was offending my womanhood. <laughs> Why the heck do I even bother getting ready for work when apparently it's okay to walk around looking like a schizophrenic? Uh, I love it. Thank you, Angela. I love that you vented that and that you were like, you know what? That annoyed you so much that you had to come home and write to the show. So uh, that's great. Um, anyway, here's one that I got from, um, this is another one on Twitter. Okay, and it says, uh, <laughs> this is from Scott Benchman, and uh, he said, it's at uh, Scotty, Scotty Beckman, I'm sorry, Beckman, Scotty, uh, S-C-O-T-T-I-E-B-E-C-H-M-A-N, that's a Twitter feed, at Scotty Beckman, it says, in-laws bought value meal for oldest grandson and nothing for other grandkids, other two fought over his leftovers, unacceptable, that's a great unacceptable, and that is definitely not the greatest of grandparenting, because, uh, yeah, that's like, you can't buy one, oh yeah, then he said, cheap ass motherfuckers, <laughs> that's who. He said, yeah, who does, who buys food for one grandkid and not the other? Cheap ass motherfuckers, that's who, shitty in-laws. Um, that's great. I just realized that I said his name and read that, so I hope his in-laws don't hate him forever after that. But yeah, that's a bad one too. And then some of the pictures that I got were, somebody was on a, um, I think, yeah, somebody was on a golf course. I got to see this one. Yeah, somebody was on a golf course. And um, took a picture of them on the cart. They're like on the golf court, on the golf course in the cart. And they said that they were being yelled at. I'm going to try to find it here if I can. If I can't, I apologize. Um, but it was pretty funny that I think they were being yelled at for. Um, oh, yeah. Somebody wrote this is another one. 
the Filster, and it's at philbrew underscore 88, P-H-I-L-B-R-E-W underscore 88. At Paul Verzi, this person is parking at my job this morning, and it's like a RAV4. It's like an old RAV4 that's literally diagonal, taking up two spots, and that is unacceptable. And I got to tell you something. If you guys ever want to fucking rev Jason Lawhead's engine, that right there. He can't let shit like that go. We were at a pizzeria once and he saw somebody take two spots up and he kept talking about it out loud and he just kept, he would not, he would not stop. Finally, he just walked up to the dirty window and wrote nice park job on the car and he like wanted people to see. It drives him absolutely crazy. Um, Here we go. Here's another one. Uh, I'm just going to start reading these now because I'm having fun doing it. I'm not going to do this every week depending on what's on the show, but I got a couple more things to go. Um, this is, uh, K Santo at com K Santo. So it's at C O M K capital K S A N T O L. Um, at Paul Verzi, I have a friend who, when we get pizza, eats half of one and then puts it back in the box and gets another. It's a great one. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? You know, I, Yeah. Uh, that's a great one. Here's another one. AP. This is at ARP. Oh, AR Proctor. P R O C T E R. So it's at AR Proctor. Dude pushes revolving door when I'm still getting in. Looks confused when it doesn't move because my leg is trapped. Ah, <laughs> oh, you guys are hilarious. All right. Um, what is this one? Uh, you got. What was this? Somebody sent, somebody sent a picture. But I, yeah, some of these things I can't. Some of these things I can't. What is this? An automatic sperm extractor introduced into a Chinese hospital. Um, wow. Wow. Hands-free technology. What do you put your dick in this thing? Hold on a second. I got to read this. This is effortless machine features a massage pipe that can be adjusted to suit the height of the user. All the gentleman has to do is plug in frequently. Wow. No way. Are you kidding me? Many other people have <laughs> Okay. Uh, wow. So anyway... Here's one. Uh, this is Jason Wall at Homer J. Homer J. Seventy one is the Twitter feed. Hey Paul Verzi, you got to see this. Would this fall under the category of unacceptable? You put your dick in this thing, and it massages you until sperm comes out, and it donates sperm, and it's at the the airport in. Ch- wow. Um, would I consider that unacceptable? I mean. I guess, like, cleanliness-wise, like, I, I don't, what do you just, you can't put your dick in after some fucking other dude did. Like, I guess there needs to be some sort of, like, I'd imagine there would be some lining that would come out and start another one. I mean, I don't know, but that's just, um, if it is just you just randomly walk up and put your dick in it, and yeah, that's unacceptable, but I, I wouldn't imagine that. I need to read further, but thanks for that, because that's just interesting. Um, wow, that's weird. Uh, wow, that is really weird. I never even thought that that was a possibility. What the hell is going on? Uh, 
You just walk up and randomly just stick your dick in something and just be like, <laughs> don't they have a population problem out there? What are they doing? It's like you just, there's like going to be kids like looking like everybody just because they tried to get off at the, there's going to be guys flying to that airport just for that. <laughs> uh all right, so there there was a picture of a guy in a golf course saying being yelled at at a golf course. I can't find the I can't find the picture right now, but there was a guy on his golf cart and I guess it just said being yelled at for like, you know, hitting somebody's house or something like that. I think it was. Um but I'll go through it for another second and see, but you guys are hilarious. These unacceptables are great. And um yeah, again, so thank you for the uh, everything. Thank you guys for all of the unacceptables. I hope you guys enjoy that. As you know, we enjoy the, we really enjoy the segment, man. I mean, I it's it's the it's the, by far one of the most fun things that I do. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay, being yelled at. Okay, you know the name is who did it, and it's uh, DJ underscore D. O-U-B, and then it's a dot, dot, dot. All right. Anyway, at Paul Verzi, being yelled at when you hit someone's house with a golf course and they live on the golf course, and there's actually a picture of them, I think, like getting yelled at or like on the cart. Okay. Um, Thank you, guys. That's unacceptable for the week. And if I left you out, it's not on purpose. I have some other things that I need to talk about. So please keep sending them. And um, that's great. I really enjoyed that. So uh, here we go. Other things that I wanted to talk about. We did something, okay, that was one of the most fun times. I'm going to get into sports here, and then I'm going to talk about... um, I didn't see a movie this week, guys, so that's not going to be on the episode. Uh, I was in Vegas. I mean, you guys should destroy me if I was in Vegas with my buddies and I was in a movie theater. We never let that happen, but, um, so the di- the last day that we we're there, we, um, just decided to just have Monday, us four, me, Burr, Law, and Bartnick just chill in Vegas for, for the Monday. You know, we just done the show Sunday night, you know, everybody was free, Bill's show's done, our show's done, like, we're all here together, let's, let's have a great day. You know, it's beautiful weather. We could go to the pool. We can, you know, do whatever we want here in Vegas. What are we going to do? So we eat. We go to this place and we get this Kobe burger. And Law had um, went over to the Flamingo Buffet because he said that the Flamingo Buffet is great with like sushi and stuff. And I was going to do that, but we would, I was just kind of like, nah, you know, I'm going to go. I wanted to get some, some eggs or something. And we end up going to this place and getting this Kobe burger at like 11, 12 o'clock. Me, Bill, and Bartnick while Law had was gone. And then we're sitting there and I go like this, we're at the table and I go, I don't know if you guys are going to be into this, I said, but I said, Algeria is playing Germany and what do you guys think about putting some money on this thing and just drinking for free and just getting insanely into the soccer game? And Bill goes, I'll do that, let's do that. And Bartnick's like, yeah, I'll do that. So we go and we look at the odds at the sports book and Algeria was plus 900, which means obviously if you put $100 on Nigeria and they win, they're such underdogs that you get 900 back. So we all bet on 
I mean Algeria. I'm sorry, did I say Nigeria? Algeria. If you bet on Algeria, you get it's 900 bucks to every hundred. So and you could bet on a draw, and a lot of times there's a draw. Now if you bet on a draw, it's not it it obviously just means after the 90 minutes is up or the regulation. So if there's a shootout afterwards or whatever, that doesn't count. If there's extra time, it's just about when the 90 minutes is up, the regular thing is up, you could actually bet on those odds. And those odds paid good for Algeria. Those odds played like 400. So what we did was we all bet Algeria to win the game with great odds, which would have made us a ton of money. But we also bet the draw, which saved us and, and could gain us some money too. So I cannot tell you guys how ridiculously fun me, Bill Burr, and Joe Bartnick had sitting at a sports book early afternoon in Vegas drinks in our hand, drinking vodka tonics, getting a nice little buzz going. We got a big screen and we're watching Algeria, an insane underdog against Germany who could win the whole thing. And we were jumping up and down. It was one of the most fun times we've had in Vegas. It was so much fun. And then Algeria scored, but they called it back on the offsides. But when the ball went in the net, it would have been one nothing, which would have been huge. We popped out of our seats and started jumping up like our team won the Super Bowl. It was awesome. And then it was offside, so we sat back down. But we were having such a blast. And Algeria was playing like better. They were like faster. It was great. And um, we're just like leaning forward and getting so into it and then looking at each other. and We're slapping each other five. And the Algeria goalie was just making insane stops. Like he was diving and catching a ball and just doing amazing stuff. We're jumping and we're going so nuts for it. And at the end of the day, when it was all done and the 90 minutes was up, we did get the draw. So Bill ended up winning some money. Bartnick ended up winning some money. And I ended up breaking even or I think I might have lost $2.50 because I only put very little down on the draw. And I put the bigger money on the Algeria winning. But the draw money that I did put basically got my money for the bet back. So I think I ended up losing like $2.50 to have one of the greatest like two hours of my life just watching this thing. And, um, you know, at halftime, we all went up to the room, did a shot of Crown Royal, and we were just catching this buzz, and we just had such a blast. So I'm telling you guys right now, and I know that these guys are saying the same thing. You have to, next next time there's a World Cup, even if you don't give a shit, you have to bet on it and drink, and you will have a blast. It was that much fun. It was sick. Absolutely sick. Um, and that was one of the highlights of the day. But I have to also talk about something that happened the, night, the last night we were there. I want to shout out Bill Burr for this. Um... Bill took us to a steakhouse in the Mirage, and I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. It was, swear to God, arguably the top three dinners I've had in my 35 years of existence. It was fucking incredible. I mean, I had a steak. I had a New York strip. I don't even want to know what this shit cost. First of all, the salad comes out, and it was a salad that was the freshest. I don't know what they did to this salad, but it was, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. Every bite of it was one of the greatest things I've ever tasted as a salad. They brought out spicy onion rings that were soft like a donut, and they were hot when you bit them. 
and they were in an insane dipping sauce. Okay. I, I could not, I literally was dropping my fork. And at one point I just made the whole table laugh. I go, I got to call somebody. I got to call somebody. I got to tell them what I'm eating right now. I swear to God, this New York strip that I got medium rare was the greatest piece of meat I have ever. I mean, all of the steaks that we got. I mean, the, I think Lawhead and uh, Bartnick got T-Bones. Bill got a Kobe steak, something. I don't know. It was just, I got this 14 ounce New York strip that I swear to God was the great. Every time I chewed it, I couldn't believe what I was eating. It was insane. They brought asparagus out. It was ridiculous. It was it was one of the best dining experiences that I've ever had in my life. It was such a good dining experience that the waiter who was all over us still knew how to be all over us and not be too much and give us our time to talk and not interrupt. It was insane. I mean, I'm doing it. No, there were these little tiny potatoes, little tiny ones and this weird sauce. And there weren't many. And you're just like, oh, what are this? Maybe like it's just like a to look good. I bit this little fucking thing and I swear to God, I was like, I I, I don't even know how to I I can't even talk to you people right now on the show about it. I, I don't even go to the steakhouse at the Mirage and get a steak there and then just call me up and thank me when you're done. It was all of us, all four of us agreed, one of the greatest meals of our lives. It was everything you would want a steak or a piece of meat to be it i mean i'm getting hungry thinking about it the onion rings that they brought the vegetables that they brought the salad to start everything you cannot go wrong and my mouth is watering i can't even tell you how ridiculous this meal was and we did that um and then we went and we just went to some casinos we smoked a cigar we um, walked around. We had some drinks. Lawhead went into the corner of Caesars and did his baseball impressions for just us that we taped. And we were crying of laughter. And then we ended up back at Bill's where the whole thing started a few days before. Hanging out there. Finished off some drinks. Uh, I may or may not have smoked some medicinal marijuana. And um, it, it was just... That was the end of the night, and it was that, and then we all flew home the next day. But again, unbelievable, unbelievable. And um, as far as sports goes for the show, FIFA World Cup has sold me. Yes, I know I had money on it, but it was awesome. And um, what's up with the NBA hiring like Jason Kidd for a trade, like or or like the Bucks trading for Jason Kidd? Guys, like a year in, what's going on with NBA coaches now? They just get. It's like one, like, you know, yeah, a guy retires. Oh, he's been in the league a long time. Give him a starting job. It's like, what the, what's going on? And there's nothing else to talk about other than these, all these NBA trades. Nobody knows what LeBron's going to do. Nobody knows what's going to happen with Melo yet. So we're waiting on that. But there's really nothing going on in sports. The Yankees are sucking. And football's two months away. I don't know what to tell you. So that's pretty much it. But that, um, that Algeria during the day and then that dinner at night was amazing. It really was. Just, that's a great day in Vegas. Wake up. Okay, people are like, what do you do? We have the whole day. What do you do? It's hot. Here's what you do. You wake up and you eat a great breakfast with whoever you're there with, right? Then you figure out what sport or what you want to watch and go to a great sports book that's out in Vegas and you could drink for free sometimes or, you know, they'll give you drink tickets depending on how much you put on the game. 
and you just watch a game intently with money on it and you could collect your money right then and there when it's over. Great time. Go to a pool. Go to a spa. That's another thing we did. We went to a steam room. Go to a spa. Do all that stuff that's just fun, relaxing. Lay by a pool. Get a fucking pina colada. Get some sun. Then go back. Shower. Get ready. Get ready to go out. And then you just go to a sick, insane dinner. And then you go to like the hottest either nightclub or 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 casino that you want to gamble in if you don't want to be around nutty people and just fucking enjoy yourself and then go back and crash. It's a great day in Vegas of doing nothing and it was everything we could have hoped it would be. So there, that was the Vegas trip. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who was there. Now, plugs for the week. I'll actually give you plugs for the month. This month I will be at, um, well, all of it's going to be on the website, but I will be at uh, the stand. I'll be at the stand tonight, actually, at 11.15, but I'll be at the stand. I'll be at um, Stand Up New York. I will be at, um, where else? i got some other stuff going on, but the all-in tour will be. Check the website for all my local dates and um, with the tour. We will be in Boston. July 17th through the 19th at Laugh Boston in the Western Hotel on the waterfront. It's going to be sick. We're already selling tickets. It's going to be packed out. It's going to be awesome. Um, may or may not be some special guests out there. We don't know yet. We're working on that. But we there's a ton of great comedians that we know from Boston. And, you know, you never know with this tour who pops in. Florentine came and hung out with us at the, uh, you know, at the Stress Factory. Burr was out with us in Vegas. Who knows who's going to be in Boston, but it's going to be a blast. So come out to Laugh Boston at the Westin on the waterfront. Boston, Massachusetts, the 17th through the 19th of July, and then the 20th, that Sunday, one night only, we'll be at Foxwoods Casino at Comics, Comics at Foxwoods, that is on the 20th, so come out to those shows, and um, we'll be there with the poster, selling the poster, having a good time, and hopefully not giving our money back to the craps table, so that's the episode, everybody, this has been episode 166, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, I really appreciate the support of the show and you guys coming out to see shows. So if you listen to the show, man, and you want to come out to Boston, please do. It'll be a great time. And um, I know you guys will enjoy it because it's just been a blast for everybody. So thank you again. Thanks for the comments, the Twitter. Keep the unacceptables coming, everybody. I will read as more as much as I can, you know, all the time, uh, depending on what I, you know. But, like, again, if I do pick three for the Twitter and there's some other ones that are just funny, I'll, I'll read them out. So thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Until episode 167, I am out of here, and I will talk to you guys soon. Quick turnaround on the next one because I will be home and local and uh, not needing rest from being in Vegas. All right? Take care.